The space station in orbit around Apis, Friday, 17th of October to Saturday, 18th October, 2070. Light years away, people were laughing at her. Francesca Malloy unclipped the loose belts that had kept her from being tugged from the forward seat by the station's slow spin. She took a glance at the tumble of the universe outside, caught a passing glimpse of blue and white from the alien globe below, then pushed herself out of the cockpit of the fighting chance. She drifted the length of the cramped cabin, grabbed the airlock's flange, and swung herself into the short tube that connected it to the station. From there, she pushed on into the long tube, cutting a hundred-meter cord through the artificial moonlit from the docking area to the equatorial habitation ring. The station spin pulled her backward less as she moved along the tube, then, as she passed the midpoint, began to draw her forward. Her breath stopped. Her heart raced. Flashback. She was again in the Cloud City disaster, feeling all the panic she hadn't felt at the time. She braced herself against the sides of the tube as she remembered feeling the whole immense aerial habitat lurch and yaw in the turbulent updrafts as the surface of Venus broke and melted 40 kilometers below. The rising dread of being caught in a slow-moving, disciplined crowd heading for the airlocks, smell of burning, creaks and snaps, air thinning around her, vivid faces she'd never see again. She gasped and breathed fast, then slow, as she fought for self-control. Focus on the present. Here, now, in the tube. In the station, not in Cloud City. Above Apis, not above Venus. Safe. She touched the rigid plastic sides and thrust herself along. Another surge of panic. It couldn't be claustrophobia. She'd been screened for that in astronaut training, but it sure felt like it. Her breath came fast again, then caught in her throat. She blinked at her glasses to paint a virtual transparency on the tube. The automated manufacturing plant and laboratories around it were densely packed, like the interior of a cell. The sight made the tube seem even more confined, but a minute of slow breathing as she gazed at the busy, mindless labor of the machines eased her turmoil. At last, she reached the exit chamber, big enough for a crowd to leave at once. In the past few hours, crowds had. She should have left with the rest instead of brooding on her own in the ship until she'd been called for. She was making a nuisance of herself. She was about to ask for entry when she noticed the numbers. The habitation ring was already slowing, had been probably since she'd bestirred herself. Good old Iskander the anticipatory algorithmic artificial intelligence, helpful to a fault. Zero. The hatch opened. Milloy pushed herself through, feet first, and drifted another three meters to collide with what was about to become the floor. She grabbed a handrail on what was about to become a wall. As soon as the hatch sealed, the habitation band's spin resumed, smoothly rising from a gentle insistence to an increasing imperative. Around her, up and down the corridor to where it curved in both directions out of sight, people were likewise adjusting to the return of centrifugal force. Hello, Francesca, cried Alma Person. 
Milloy turned as the geologist bounded up to her. Hello, Milloy said dully, then brighter. Thank goodness you made it. Goodness and the fighting chance, said Person. She stood about a meter away, her stance shifting as she adjusted to the ever-increasing pseudo-gravity and regarded Milloy quizzically. Then she stepped forward and swept Milloy into a hug. It's all right, she said. Stop blaming yourself. Nobody blames you. Milloy stepped back. They don't. Not here, at least, said Person with tactless candor, then added hastily. And back on Earth? They'll get the truth soon enough. Meanwhile, who cares what they think? Some things are up to us, and some are not. Exactly, Person clapped her shoulder. Wisdom of the ancients. Come on, it's almost time for the memorial.